Now, we're going to look at a subject this morning that is, is a serious one, and it's one that, uh, that I hope that we can take something away from that will help us in our Christian walk. And so we're going to look at a, a subject that I call poison of the heart, and I'd like to introduce it uh, with this reading that's found in uh, the, uh, the book of Acts chapter 8. We remember that right after the church was established there in Jerusalem, that there was a persecution that rose about the church, and it began to cause Christians to scatter and leave Jerusalem. And one of the areas that they went to was Samaria. And it says that Philip went to the city of Samaria. And at that, he met this guy that was called Simon the Sorcerer. And he preached the gospel to Simon, and Simon believed. But after that, Simon had some ideas of his own that, hey, maybe I could use some of these miracles and these gifts that seem to be uh, bestowed upon these Christians, Philip and others, um, and I could use that kind of as a gimmick to to further my own cause. And so we see that this reading, he says, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, uh, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you have thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I perceive that you are poisoned by bitterness." And bound by iniquity. So he got to the heart of the matter here. You know what we might call the root cause. And you think about. Uh, we, we find out. We, we, we try to drill down into the. Well you know here's a problem. Okay well why is that? Well then you identify a cause. Well why is that? I understand from Yancey and others. That, that you need to ask that question about five times. To get to the root cause of the why. But Peter goes right to that. And he says, for you're poisoned by bitterness. In other words, his heart had been poisoned, had been um, corrupted by this, by this attitude that he had developed. And the attitude that he could, he could take the gift of God, that it could be bought with money, and he could leverage that for his own gain, was something that was offensive to the apostles. And he called them to repent. And I'll tell you, that that the the bitterness uh, is something that I have dealt with personally. It's been an issue with me. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, we had a Bible study, and um, at that Bible study, we were looking at at uh, Ephesians chapter four and that list of, in in verse thirty one, and it lists all those things to avoid, and one of those things is bitterness. And I began to realize. Well, I did realize that I had a huge problem with bitterness, and we talked about that at that Bible study. See, for 25 years, I was a head basketball coach, and the way that I defined success was I wanted that great job that was going to be, you know, at the time, 5A. Now, it'd be a 6A of a huge school, and I could really focus on basketball, and I could be successful at that and win games and championships, and that was my definition of success. 
And because when I finally came to the conclusion that I needed to get out and go a different route in life, I, I made that choice to walk away from basketball and do something else. But I'll tell you, it left a little emptiness. I felt like I had been a failure. Because, again, the way I had defined success was this great job that I was going to have and this and this and uh, these championships that I would win. And Connie and I we used to go to the state tournament every year, and we would envision that time that it'd be me down there winning that state championship. And that never happened. That wasn't in the plan for me. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, it was a problem with my own definition of success because I've got a, a lot of wonderful young men that we had great relationships with over the year. And so by a different definition, I was a highly successful coach. And, and, and we did lots of, of, of uh, good things and, and, and feel good about that work. But because of my own interpretation, um, I had, a, I had a, a bitterness. You know, when you work hard for something... You feel like there ought to be a there ought to be a reward, and if you do it for a number of years, there ought to be something that's at the end of the line. And and again, that failure to reach that pinnacle, I guess, uh, was something that that caused a bitterness in me. And so, at that Bible study, uh, we talked about that. And then, really, from that time on, um, when the subject of bitterness would come up, people would cut their eyes over and look at me and. It even got to where I would like, you know, say, yo, me, you know, that's, uh, that was like calling roll almost. It's, okay, I'm here, present. Bitterness is, is, is present. I will say that I have had some success. Um, that's, that's no longer uh, my mindset as much, and so I've been able to move away from that. But I think that this is a subject that is critical. Look at this passage. You think about, you think about uh, a tree and what you see on top but a tree and the health of that tree is really a matter of its root system and its, and its uh, healthiness. And so if your root system is not healthful, healthy, you're not going to have a healthy tree, at least for long. You know, you could, you could cut the roots out from under that tree and it might look good for a day or a week or a month. But it wouldn't be very long before that thing would start to die out or grow some other roots. So bitterness is a condition of the heart. And this passage in Hebrews 12 says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one can see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone should fall short of the grace of God. And listen to this part. Lest a root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. So you see, although we joked about it and we la- and it's all in good fun, the truth is, is that if it's not something that is dealt with and better yet avoided, then it can be something that can cause us to be defiled and to lose our souls. So it's something that I don't really have a choice. I have to fight it. I have to be successful in that fight because if bitterness controls my heart, it'll control the things that I do and it'll control the things that I say. And I won't be successful in my endeavor to live as a Christian. Bitterness is kind of a cancer of the soul is the way I would uh, phrase it. Uh, I've got a friend that I work with uh, fairly closely. Uh, She works actually at the high school in Connie's building. And uh, we've had her on our prayer list. Her name's Jan. And uh, she, uh, we we were talking the other day about uh, she has cancer has returned with her. And so she talked about that her condition, and she said that 
she she described the condition of the body, and it says that he it says that if your body is acidic, then you're predisposed to have cancer. But if you can get your body to an alkaline state, she said if your pH balance is a seven, if at a seven cancer will not grow. If you get it to an eight or higher, your body will actually start to kill cancer. Now the trouble is, is that. You can't just wave a magic wand and make that happen. That takes a tremendous amount of time to get the body to that state, if indeed you can even do that. But, but again, that's what she said. And so it made me think about Christians that really if we, can, if we can manage the conditions of our heart and avoid bitterness, then how much trouble and how much problems, how many problems can we avoid uh, because of that. So fight, fighting the cancer of the soul. So I thought of some. What are some things. That would be. A soil. What are the conditions. That would cause bitterness. And I thought of three. And you might have your own list. But here's three that, that came to mind with me. And since as I've shared. I'm kind of an expert on that. I thought I'd share my three. The first one. Says to fear the Lord. Is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So the first one I would have for you is pride. And I think that when we have a, a, have a heart of pride, uh, that, that's, that's at our core, then that creates a condition within us that makes it likely that we become better. Because you know what pride says? Pride says this, I think I deserve better than what I'm getting. It says that life isn't fair. Life, I'm not getting what I deserve or I don't, I don't deserve this. So I begin to pout. I think that things ought to go different for me because I deserve better. So pride is that first condition that, that we've got to get over if we're going to avoid bitterness. There can also, there can also be bitterness against another person. This passage says, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, so if you're, if you're going to make a sacrifice to God, and this is under the old law, you bring your gift to the altar, and then you're, there you remember that your brother has something against you, then what you're to do is leave your gift before the altar, go thy way, and first be reconciled with your brother, and then come off of the sacrifice. It's that critical that we make our relationships right. And so we avoid pride can be the thing that keeps two people people or two friends from reconciling pride can be the thing that keeps me from acknowledging my god as my god because i think that god ought to be giving me a better life than he's giving me he should have made me well in my case he should have made me a state championship coach of a 618 but that wasn't his plan and so uh, again you you can deal with that how you choose Person to person, hatred kind of makes you a slave to the person that you hate. You think about that as now they're controlling your thoughts. You hate them, you're focused on them and, and, and your perception of them. And so they're controlling you rather than you controlling you. The second condition of, of the bitterness, I would say, would be this. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. 
But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. So I would identify secret sin as the, as the second condition that will cause a heart of bitterness. Now, you remember the story of David. When David, when David sinned uh, with Bathsheba and he had Uriah killed. And God used Nathan the prophet to bring that sin to the forefront where David had to deal with it. You see, David, David, it was a horrible situation, and, and his sin found him out. But had his sin not found him out, think about how it would have, would have occurred that way. If, if his sin would have never come to light, it would have eaten at him the whole time. He never would have been able to really get past it and move on. But God made him deal with his sin, he repented of that, and then he moved on. And, and so I think when, when there is sin in a person's life, especially secret sin, that's the kind of sin that causes you uh, to never truly have the kind of relationship with God that you need. It's like if you take the roots of that tree, you might have a great tree, but you know, if you every day you went out and you put some poison out there, on the roots of that tree, you did it day after day after day after day. After a while, that that mighty tree would die out. And so that's kind of the way secret sin works, is it, it serves to undermine our relationship with God. <clears throat> you remember the, the story that Yancey referred to uh, back on his lesson uh, in the Ten Commandments about adultery. I believe that he brought up the story about if a woman was found in adultery, then that was pretty obvious that she was guilty. And so there was a way that they handled that. But what if, what if the husband didn't know? And so in the case that he wasn't sure, he could take, he, he thought it, but he couldn't prove it. So he took, it, took the wife to the, to the priest. And the priest would then take this water and they would put dust from the tabernacle in the water. And she would drink it and she would have to swear that she was not guilty and then um if she were if if she were guilty god would cause that to swell her her stomach and the implication being that she wouldn't be able to have a child if she were innocent it would have no effect and so that was god's way of deciding guilt and and innocence in that situation you think about that water how bitter that water must have been and that's, that's the way sin is, and especially secret sin. So what happens is our sin, especially secret sin, is one that creates a, a, a chasm between us and God. And you know, it's not that God won't forgive us. It's never that. It's not that God won't forgive us, but because we know we're guilty, and we won't come in because of our pride... We won't come and admit we're guilty. Then we stay in this relationship with God that is not what it ought to be. I don't pray as much. I don't study as much. I don't, uh, I don't want to be around God's other people as much. Because it reminds me of my own shortcomings. I really have the idea that you can't really get away with anything. Even in this life. That though no one finds you out. It has an effect. And that effect can be to estrange yourself from your God or estrange yourself from your friends or your family. 
And so secret sin is my second condition of bitterness. And then finally, the third is skewed priorities. And I will tell you that this was probably the one, not that I didn't have a problem with pride, but uh, but this is probably one that was was the worst, is skewed priorities. And he says it this way in Isaiah chapter 17, because you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold. Therefore, you will plant pleasant plants and set out foreign seedlings in the day which you will make your plant to grow. And in the morning, you will make your seed to flourish. But the harvest will be a heap of ruins in the day of grief and desperate sorrow. When, uh, when I was in the coaching world, it was not unusual during the season for it literally to be 90 hours a week. No exaggeration. Connie will tell you that that was absolutely true. Um, and in a 90-hour work week, it is very difficult to find time for God or for family or for anything else. There were times where, back when I coached at another school, and they used to throw the newspaper at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And on game nights, I would get, I would, after watching my video, I would go get the newspaper and, and look at the scores before I went to bed. Now, that would be on a Tuesday night, and you're getting up the next morning, and you're at work by 7.30 or 8. So that's the kind of, that's the kind of life that I had chosen for myself. And I wouldn't say that every coach does it that way, so don't get the idea that every coach is that crazy. Most of them are, but, but I was. I was, and that's, I think that's a problem. When you get your priorities that far out of whack, it is going to be very difficult for you to have the kind of relationship with your God that you need. And therefore, that is going to lead to a soil condition of the heart that's going to make, be, make it more likely that you can become bitter. Bitterness is like a lens. It's like a, like a pair of glasses that if you pick up those red glasses, you're going to see everything through the light of red. If you pick up those blue shades, you're going to see everything through, the, through the, that lens. And so when we become bitter, we see all the human interactions in the world in that light. It affects everything. It affects your interpretation of your family. It affects your interpretation of your friends. It affects your interpretation of life events. And so um, bitterness is a horrible condition. And I would encourage you to stay away from it the best you can. This is the passage that we were studying that night. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And you see it at the at the bottom of that, at the root of that very thing, is bitterness. That if 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 you see somebody that's that's angry all the time, they have wrath. They're constantly complaining about other people. They're slandering other people. At the heart of that, it's probably bitterness. So it's a condition that as a Christian we need to avoid. Not only will we live a more godly life that's pleasing to our God, we'll live a happier life. Because I don't know anybody that gets up in the morning and thinks, you know, I think I'll go out and work on my bitterness and become more bitter. I think that would make me a, a, a more complete person if I could become more bitter. Nobody thinks that, but yet we do things 
that will create the very kind of soil where that can exist. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Gratitude and bitterness can't coexist. You can't be thankful. You can't be thankful and maintain bitterness. Thankfulness and gratitude crowd out bitterness. So let's be a thankful people. Let's be glad for what we've been given. Be thankful that God has blessed us the way that he has. And understand that this life is not perfect and it's not designed to be perfect. There is a life that's perfect and it's designed for those of us that will submit ourselves to our God and live the kind of lives that he would have us to live. So this morning, if we can, we can help you in any way, uh, we're going to sing a song of invitation. If we can assist you, we would ask you to come forward, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.